Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jerry. I'm Patrick. Because the song guy, Joe. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? If I was doing any better, I have to hire somebody to help me enjoy it. So what are you guys up to? Well, before we start with that, um, Netflix has recently like brought in a whole bunch of like new shows, old shows. shows. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Specifically, specifically shows from Nickelodeon because of Disney Plus. And they brought in like Victorious and I think even iCarly. And they're trying to compete with all that. Disney Plus has all the Disney shows that people grew up in love with, like Sweet Life and all that. So they're kind of, they're trying to take Disney Plus on, but I don't think, I think that fight will be a clear victory for one side. Oh my god, Um, real talk, Nickelodeon, out of like the three main cartoon uh, channels, Disney, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, for me, Nickelodeon's like the worst, but there are some nice, crispy looking gems. Oh yeah. Such as Danny Phantom and Avatar The Last Airbender, which so happens we're talking about today. Water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. All right, let's stop because of copyright. <laughs> but that was really good. Thank I you. Wish, I wish we would have cut that. Oh, man. Anyways, yeah, everything changed before or until the Fire Nation attacked or whatever. Now, this this uh, episode was requested by someone through Instagram, uh, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. I miss you. You're awesome. Uh, you're welcome as well. So Hi, I'm Eddie. gonna I'm gonna ask you guys something just to start off. Like you know, you guys you guys grew up with this show, correct? More yes, yes. Okay, I have not. Like I have no nostalgia glasses. I have no nostalgia prescriptions for this show. Like, I honestly don't care, I guess. Like, again, I'm not into it. But for those of you who have grown up with it, who, you know, who just love growing up with Aang um, and all these other characters, how does this show, like, how, how, how do you feel about the show? Like, what are your feelings towards it? Both of you. Ladies first. All right, Joe. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, the sh- the show treats characters much like I've I've never seen any like show specifically a kids show treat the characters as such deep and complex people, and it just it has really good life advice because the the two main characters are Zuko and Aang. And I could argue that Zuko is more of a main character than Aang is, but that's a different debate. And it just shows their growth and their willingness to change as people. Well, they, they start off as one-dimensional, but we see their, their growth and their challenges. And I think the most important message of Avatar, which I've taken to heart, is that it's okay to make mistakes and have some missteps along the way. I agree with you completely, and I couldn't have said it better myself. I remember turning into Nickelodeon every week and waiting for the next episode of Avatar. It's one of those shows that you can watch as a kid and eventually go back to as an adult and still enjoy it. It's a show for all ages. I can really 
it's such a well crafted, not even in just the characters, but also the animation is still still holds up really well. Yeah. Interesting that you brought that up. When when I I, I've only watched the first season so far since it got to Netflix, right? Um, I was watching it, you know, f- in preparation for this episode. Um, I only got to the first season. I would have watched more. But when I first started, when I first pressed play, I, I was looking at the animations and I was like, ah, I'm not entirely impressed, but it makes it, it makes sense for, you know, Nickelodeon and, and, and the time, like, what, mid-2010s or something? Something like that? Um but I would have 2005. Agree. 2005? Yes. Oh my god. It just, it just came up on its like 15 year anniversary. It's kind of a crossover into like anime style with westernized yes. animation. I don't think that's even a word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um I do I do like, you know, the voice acting at at the very least. Like if I'm going to like Break down the show. The voice acting is really nice and stuff like that. I do love the designs of this entire world. I don't know if it, if it's Earth. I don't know like if this is supposed to be based on Earth or just a brand new fantasy land. But I do love the design for all the different uh, uh, elemental tribes. I've noticed that the majority of uh, people are from Earth bending tribes that's the biggest continent in that real in that show yeah i did learn something about the voice acting originally ang was supposed to be voiced by mitchell musso i thought that was kind of crazy like in a pilot episode they had a full recording of just mitchell musso voicing him and if you don't know who he is he's from hannah montana yeah oh yeah i'm glad i'm glad he wasn't ang 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 himself as as a 12-year-old kid having having the responsibility of being the avatar, the person, the chosen one to bring balance to the world or whatever. It's like there there's a lot of similarities between uh Avatar and Star Wars in my opinion. Yep. Mainly mainly because uh Dave Filoni direct he di- he directed some episodes for Avatar, but I think uh, Aang has a Luke Skywalker moment when he chooses to for, to not kill Ozai, and not necessarily forgive him, but find another way. And also, speaking of that moment, um, I don't. It's a speaking of voice acting. Fire Lord Ozai is is voiced by Mark Hamill. Really? That's crazy. I had no he idea. Is, he is the big bad of the show, and he's like the main villain for season three. Azula was for season two. And Zuko, and then later General Zhao was for season one. And it's such a great cast with Dante Bosco as Zuko. It's, mm, (laughs) he still gets recognized. What are your favorite episodes of Avatar? Ooh, okay. Man, you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) Um, I really like the finale. I think the finale was done, the four-part finale was done beautifully. Um. Uh. Okay. Well, I'm. I also liked. Um, I think my favorite of all of like a singular episode. I think is my favorite. I'm gonna have to go with Tales of Bossing Say. Hmm. And I Can think, you jog my memory on what that was about? 
That one was wasn't like a linear story. It was like it wasn't about Aang and the gang. They go to this place. Tales of Blossing Stay, it's when all of the cast, Zuko, Iroh, and Team Avatar are in Bossing Say and they're living, they're doing their thing. And it all follows them individually. Okay. Each follows their journey. Like Katara and Toph, they do their own thing. Aang does his own thing. Sokka does his own thing. Zuko does his own thing. And Iroh does his own thing. So you see individual and, growth. Yeah. And it's the one where, um, Zu- where Iroh visits Lu Tin's grave and he helps out all those people. Which is probably the most beautiful storytelling I can, I've ever seen in my entire uh, TV watching career. Do you I, remember that episode, Evelyn? I do actually remember that episode. I, I actually was rewatching it recently because I've watched like the entire series, but again, that was a long time ago. So I started like refreshing my memory on it when they uploaded it to Netflix. Um, the episodes that I can recall like immediately. Uh, probably when Sokka drinks cactus juice <laughs> or um, the face off between Zuko and Azula in the final episodes, specifically yeah. Susan's Comet part three. That was I liked that fight so much, not because it's it's it was stunning, like to look at because of how powerful the firebenders are, especially in that on those circumstances. Mm-hmm. But the score, it wasn't like an high action like fighting sequence it was like a really tragic kind of almost sad music score to go with that yeah definitely and just something about the animation for it was so graceful too they really nailed drawing fire (laughs) (laughs) it definitely i love that show so much what what it's like what what's like the uh hmm the whole purpose not purpose like like the whole plot i guess for this show um like the overall like the overall theme i guess avalon i think i should take care of this because i masterfully explained halo a couple weeks ago (laughs) so basically so the world is at peace right a hundred years ago and then the fight it all changed when the fire nation attacked and decided under sozin uh, under Fire Lord Sozin, he's like, you know what? I'm going to take over the world under the Fire Nation. And Avatar Roku, you can't stop me. He kills Avatar Roku, and then the next Avatar is born. It's Aang. And he's 12 years old when, as the, just as the Fire Nation is starting to invade other places, and one of the first places they attack is Aang's, like... Air Temple. Air Temple. And Aang doesn't run away from that. He runs away just before they show up and, and kill everyone at the air temple. He runs away, he gets caught in a storm, and he freezes himself. hundred years later, he gets found by Katara and Sokka. And they go about training. He only knows airbending, but hence he's the last airbender. He's literally the last airbender. There's no other in the world. They are an extinct race other from him, which I think is a great thing because normally in like stories like that there's like oh there's one other kryptonian there's one other airbender no he's the last i think the most intense form of elemental bending would be blood bending do you remember that i like i watch that episode frequently too it is terrifying and it's so cool um 
so just to fill you in, if you don't know what bloodbending is, basically, um, there's an episode where Katara is trying to avenge the death of her mother at the hands of the Fire Nation. Um, it's not that episode. She uses it in that episode, but it originates in earlier that season where she just meets another waterbender that's like, hey, check this out. When it's a full moon, I can bend people's blood and literally force other people's bodies to do things that she literally takes control of their bodies in this most grotesque, twitchy, it's honestly horrifying animation. And then Katara learns that she can do it and it horrifies her and she only ever uses it once again in the entire series and that was what you're talking about against the Fire Nation who tried to kill her mother, who did kill her mother. It's kind of sick. It's, it is so I like that concept of bloodbending. I'm glad you brought it up. Thanks. They rely on it too much in Korra though. Oh, definitely. I think Legend of Korra just did not hold a flame yeah. to Avatar The Last Airbender. Nice joke. It's <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. It really, it rose the bar and Korra did not meet the bar. Definitely. Not by a long shot. There's some good moments, but. I have a, I have a question. Um, okay, you said bloodbending, which makes sense. Like there's water involved. Okay. How how um I was wondering this while watching the first season and like the the first episode of uh season two where um Zuko's sister can like use Ben Lightning. My question is how how um to what extent can one element bend uh to like bend that element like let's say for earthbenders yes they can do coal but can they do like any other kind of rocks like what else can they do like is, do trees get involved with that with with fire yeah there's lightning can they control lava or like plasma with with air bending can they like make a vacuum and like in a small space to suffocate their foes, you know, like what's 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 like the deep end science stuff going around um, around here? There is one episode. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but I was actually watching this one yesterday where Aang, he faces up against King Boomy and he makes a tornado. So just saying. Yeah. So like um, Earthbenders, they can do anything basically anything with rock but until Toph discovers she can metal bend because metal is just concentrated rock and um waterbenders can control water in any form that means ice as well and they can control the temperature of it so they could just be bending water at you and then freeze your head which happens a lot and i think that is that is scary as hell um and to go with your lightning thing, that's just a technique of fire because fire is plasma and so is lightning. So it's just something that firebenders can do if they're really masterful of the element. Ooh, that's insane. And there's swamp benders too, which did you rem- do you remember that episode, Avalon? Actually, I don't. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's a funny, it's a, <laughs> Kind of controversial because the red the the swamp benders are portrayed as rednecks, and they're uh, the only white characters in the show. 
So I think I like. I think it's fun. I think it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. So like. So so there's like sub categories when it comes to like these four main elements that only yes. some people can master. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What would really like grab your attention to this show when you were a kid? Because for me, it's just seeing all the cool like bending and martial arts stuff. That's that's like what's gotten me so far. What about you guys? I would say the same thing, but really the story as a whole, it always felt like this amazing journey that as a kid, you kind of wish that you could go on adventures like that. It's just really the curiosity of exploration. Yeah. It's just, I liked the the great big, they're tr- they literally go all over the world in that show. And it is great. I love that, that whole journey adventure thing. Okay. So like the food in Avatar <laughs> always looked so appealing from like dumplings to the water tribe noodles in Legend of Korra. For example, there was one episode where the team traveled to the colonial village of the Fire Nation and attended a nighttime festival. Street food was being served hot, including the flaming fire flakes. I love me some spicy food. Great world bending there. There's like culture as well. There's actual culture in that show. Definitely. Like with the militaristic fire nation and the strong and hardy earth nation and the kind of go with the flow water nation water tribes it is it's awesome there's just so much depth and Mm -hmm. thought that goes into that show that's something that the movie failed to portray oh that's the movie (laughs) it was a flop let's not talk about that because i'm in a good mood (laughs) <laughs> One thing I've noticed throughout watching the first season is you you brought up the uh, military military aspect of the fire tribe and stuff. Um the fire tribe like uses a lot of technology technological mechanical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. While you know the rest uh, uh, while the other three nations I guess rely more on their um a tune ship or whatever to nature and that whole dynamic between you know science and you know or not science technology and magic yeah there's like something going on there i think but so far from what i've seen is not explored too heavily i don't know it it really isn't it's just kind of the state of the world and you just kind of have to accept it in that some in that they're it's very inconsistent how technologically advanced the world is, but mm-hmm. that's okay. It's a it's a good story. Please I just ignore that. <laughs> but I do think that in a way that does reflect into real life because there are some places in our world where like um there's countries that are way more industrial and then there's also countries where there's still like indigenous tribes that haven't been touched by um urbanization. So I think that the show does a good job at reflecting that. Yeah, totally. I, I get I get what you're saying. I think I think like the whole um aspect of these benders being more attuned to nature, more attuned to the elements is something that 
it's hardly found in other things. It's it, it really reflects on, upon us as humans in the quote unquote real world. Like again, for I'm gonna compare it to Star Wars, um, the Force wielders, you know, Jedi, Sith, whatever. They they just they they are more attuned to the galaxy within because of them being able to use the energy around them, which is you know the Force, which is like the living thing of that uh, universe. And that's like similar to Avatar and this whole exactly thing going on, you know, where, hey, these people, these people know what's up, you know? <laughs> if you could be any elemental bender, what would you choose? Oh, my God. Honestly, I think it's an easy choice that waterbending is the most powerful and or versatile out of the, out of the bunch. Oh, definitely. But fire, but fire is also very cool. I think I'd probably be a firebender. Because of your temper? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for me, for me to answer that, um, ooh, I, I, I tend to lean more towards like water and flying type Pokemon. So between the two, between water and air, for me, I think. I can only compare it to other things. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am also thinking about the music of that show because just Leaves from the Vine sounds like an actual Chinese song, folk song that they use for soldiers. And just the thought that goes into that show. It, it's so awesome. I can't believe we have a 30-minute time limit. <laughs> what what is the what is the cultural inspiration to this? Because I know it's like some it's Asian. There are different cultures reflected. I mean, when you look at, for example, the water tribes, uh, they seem to be based off of Inuit tribes. Whereas um, if you look at the Fire Nation, they have more of a Japanese heritage. Imperialistic Japanese. Mm hmm. Yeah. And what about the other two? The air nomads are kind of based off of like Buddhist monk lifestyles. I think that would be more China. I I might be wrong. Maybe Thailand. And Earth. Earth. That Earth. is also some part of Asia, I think. Um, but one thing that like I know we said we weren't going to talk about the movie, but the movie. Oh, it it, it frustrated me because like for the Water Tribe, they like whitewashed the main characters and yeah it just it wasn't right usually and... when i think of these elements i either think of alchemy and its relation to pokemon or i think of earth wind and fire the band the group <laughs> exactly yeah man uh what what's the differences between uh, Avatar and Korra. Like, what the hell is Korra? So, the Avatar cycle continues even after the Avatar dies. So, the whole premise of Korra is that, hey, remember Aang, the person you grew up with watching? Yeah, he's dead. Um, so, it moves on to this next Avatar, who is... Her name is Korra, and she is a strong woman, but she is not as engaging as Aang is because she is not, she doesn't really have as much 
moral and spiritual complexities. She's relatively one-dimensional compared to Aang and even, even Avatar Roku. One thing that I can say about that show is I do appreciate the LGBTQ representation. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Would you guys recommend that show? Um, yes, because there's hardly... Uh, the, the status quo for that show is all right. It's rarely ever bad, but sometimes it's really good. I think also we might be biased because we grew up with Avatar The Last Airbender, but maybe for the people that grew up with Legend of Korra and, um, you know, they started watching that first, maybe they wouldn't like Avatar as much. No, I refuse to accept that possibility. (laughs) All right, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode here on Rouse Dazzle. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show and on TikTok at Razzle underscore Dazzle underscore Show. Make sure to tune in every Thursday on the Live 365 app Eagle Radio Station where we are live. Catch you on the next one.